The Roots Work Stretched is the newest poetry chapbook from writer Mantis. This multifaceted work expands over themes of transformation and liberation with a black femme at the center of each piece. This book comes from the publishing hands of author Disha Filia and artist Vanessa German. In our interview with Mantis, we talk about the writers who have influenced their work, the mentors that guided them in helping to begin to define the craft of writing, and the power that they possess in this form of language that they call poetry. Stay with us on the next episode of the Vulgar Geniuses Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Vulgar Geniuses. My name is Denny. And I am Veronica. And today we have another special guest who has chosen us to come and be with us today on our podcast. This one is very special. I know we say that every guest <laughs> is very special and but, they are. But this is this is from one of our favorite one from one of our favorite authors. Yes. Yes. I am. I have lost my words because <laughs> that's what she does. Um, to me when I hear her talk speak yeah yeah uh, so the lovely Miss Disha Filia sent us an email and she was like I really want you all to read this book I really would like for you all to meet this writer and whatever Disha says we say yes to because we she, do she hasn't steered us wrong <laughs> we do um, we do we do the work yeah. from Ms. Deisha Filia. And she mm. she blessed us so in so many ways last year. And it is just very special to give this special gift to us. Today, we are talking to a wonderful writer, a young writer that is um, blossoming. Yes. And, and we want you all to learn about them. Their name is Mantis. Mantis writes from the intersections of Black femme, queer, and artist. They are Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh born and Hill District raised. She has performed her poetry at universities, open mics, launch parties, book tours, and featured showcases throughout Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and New York City. Mantis is creating work that reflects their healing. Their writing has appeared in various publications under their name, Tyra Jameson, such as Whirlwind Magazine, Apiary Magazine, Underground Pool, Lefemire Review, The Bridge Magazine, and Tinder, a literary anthology and book of spells evidence. And today we are talking to Mantis about her newest release, her debut, which is her uh, poetry chapbook, The Root Work Stretched. How are you today, Mantis? Hello, I'm good. Um, definitely in more of like a chill mood today. Like I feel like just like in general, like my energy levels like throughout the day, it's like either I'm like on or I'm like pow, 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 or, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, I'll let the day take the lead. Like I'll let, you know, whatever the energy of the day is take the lead. So I think I'm just like- a poet thing for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the mark of a true artiste. Like, <laughs> so what's the vibe? What's the vibe? Should we have our incense out? <laughs> some moonlighting in. <laughs> we gotta we gotta pull out you know like the smooth jazz and, yeah you know. <laughs> make, make this a love jones moment <laughs> so before we get started we wanted to see if you would honor us uh by doing the pleasure of reading uh some poetry for us today so we would like for you, if you wouldn't though mind, to read us an excerpt from your book, and that would be an ode to springtime sages. And then we would like to also hear for Black kids from the around the way who considered a degree when the funeral dirge wasn't enough. This is an ode to springtime sages. The first time my cousin saw himself in a tux, his teeth lit a whole new solar system into Boaz's shop. It was spring, 
which meant Pittsburgh couldn't decide between stormy gray or bright blue skies, and prom season was stunting through it all. Spring brought the black boys on my block and in my bloodline to their best light, lying on bikes off a galaxy of asphalt courts in the speed of their own charm. Every girl asked me about my brothers and my cousins that might as well have been my brothers in church. I was told to study Black Madonna while my brothers embodied Black boy Jesus. They catch a glimpse of what their mama sees when she stretches the sky higher to hold her son's glory. Surely the Black Madonna found her son teaching in the temple, his laughter free to wander the halls. I ran wild with my brothers picked dandelions with my cousins, loved the way joy rolled off black boys like finger waves transcending the pain they've been forced to call a condition of the world. I call all my brothers beautiful because we move like mirrors. That same prom, I bloomed into calla lilies and a floor length gown that hung steam cleaned and protected in a closet well before the springtime. The earth once moved mountains to cradle us all, catching a glimpse of ourselves in the winter to wit and that. Catching, catching a glimpse of ourselves in the mirror to witness a beauty that don't die for no one. So that's an ode to springtime stages where I kind of name check the winter because <laughs> winter, winter is like that girl up here right now. <laughs> Okay, and then this is for Black kids from around the way who considered a degree when the funeral dirge wasn't enough. <clears throat> At one point, someone will try to teach you that your home don't got trees. Don't let them twist that lie on their tongue like scorched roots because they can't fathom how your hair stands like branches if they got a rainforest growing on their head like you do. They may have forgotten how a village holds its heartbeat on a grassland, but don't let them tell you the hood don't got trees. When you walk into a lecture, someone will try to teach you that your house lives between a pit bull's tooth and a sharp place. They will try to teach you that the only space for your head is hanging off tennis shoes on the telephone wire, but don't let them tell you a concrete jungle don't got trees. How else would you breathe? How else would you have a pulse pushing precious craft, creativity unmatched, underpaid, underappreciated, but isolated on a pedestal of commercial blackness? These false prophets and teachers will try to tell you how you grew up in a desert as if you aren't the oasis, that means they would have to face you as an original. That means you'd have to embrace your dual realities and your right to carry dual talents. Don't let them tell you the hood don't got trees and claim a drill sound about pushing pounds and counting up in their next breath. Ask them if the hood don't got trees, how the hell can you breathe? The next time they try to teach you the hood don't got trees. Tell them you're taking Johnny Coltrane out there cannon. The next time they try to teach you, the slums can't talk right. Tell them they got no right to speak August Wilson's name. The next time they try to teach you, the way the block moves is too sketchy. Tell them they can't keep up with Judith Jameson's feet. The next time they try to teach you, the sidewalk can't go with her gold. Show them how Pepe LaBeja built a beautiful house. Don't be fooled by the textbook tricks and realtor rewrites of history. It will kill you faster than any bullet can. That method of miseducation is worse than murder and surviving it makes you more immortal than the names you raise because when I say nefs, it's a prayer and a call and a memory growing deeper than roots. You don't have to be a martyr nor married to a struggle you didn't ask for. You don't have to be an icon, but do you know how much ground you've already broke by simply being here? 
Thank you. <laughs> snap it up, snap it up. Yes. These poems are amazing. And the last one that you read, I think it's probably my favorite from the entire book, which is really hard to choose because all of what you have in this, this book is amazing. Um, thank you so much for honoring us by um, reading that, honoring our request. So I want to start with the last poem um, uh, for Black kids. And so the famous uh, writer, um, Natase, so I always mess up her name, Natasake Shange's play, uh, her play for Color Girls title has been used as inspiration behind many poems. Walk us through what her work meant to you and what it went into forming this title for your poem for Black kids. Yeah, so, and Suzaki Shage, like her work, especially for colored girls, um, I was a library kid, like, you know, I think from like the age of six, right? My mom had me signed up for this program called Beginning With Books. And so like you would go down to the library like every Saturday and read something with a tutor. So that's kind of how I got like familiar with like, just kind of like, all right, you sit in the library, you go pick something out from the shelf and you read it. So years later, I think like I was like 12 at that time. And I think it had already just became a habit of just being in the library. I picked out for color girls, like with like whatever stack I had for the week. And maybe I was a little too young to be reading that subject matter, but I ended up reading it. And <laughs> I think that in a way, um, it was kind of like, I always knew like who I was and like who I am and like always held like, you know, like that knowledge and awareness and pride. But I think that there was something that had changed from like when I was in like elementary school going to like predominantly black schools and in the fifth grade I transferred to a school that wasn't as predominantly black and then like middle school like it was kind of like that same feeling of like that mixed crowd um and I think so by that time I think I had like you know like I was regularly like relaxing my hair and I just was kind of like in my like alt kit phase, but it was more so like alt in the way of I'm alt, but I haven't seen anybody that like, or too many people that like look like me or come from where I come from being alt. So I'm just gonna be alt. And reading for color girls, it's kind of like, it was kind of like coming back home. So I feel like there, that was like a turning point in like my identity and even like, just like in what I was reading and how I was writing and stuff like that. And I think because, you know, like the language, like the way that music flows through the language um, as it being like a choreo poem and stuff, I was like, oh snap. And so I feel like in a way my poetry kind of always returns to like that influence, like along with um, Tupac. So like Tupac's poetry collection was like really big for me too. And funny enough in high school, like started, um, like I was in a theater company called Alumni Theater Company. And one of the productions we did was for Color Girls. So that was like a full circle moment because I was like, oh snap, like I ended up playing like the lady in orange. And <laughs> it was just like this really beautiful moment um, of like, you know, it's like, you know, the work, like when you read it over and over again, but then you have to embody it when you're performing it. So it's like, oh, like, it's different where you, when you feel like the rhythm of the words, like kind of shaking on, shaking on your body. and. It was one of these Pittsburgh winters too. Like when we performed it, a black box theater. I just remember theater is like a, ooh, it is something for troopers. Um, Because <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. We had to like do all this choreography, like laying on the floor and stuff like that. And I was just like, it was a Pittsburgh winter. Like it was, it's, it's very cold. So like, 
and the theater is like still going to be very cold because it's like you know you have to kind of keep it that way so I was just like wow we were we were doing it um so there was like kind of like that moment and then how it intersected with this poem um one like the title um you know like for color girls for black boys for um for black girls like that kind of style of title had showed up in a lot of like poems that I was workshopping by the time I got to college and I knew that for this poem it was so specific um because I wrote it very specifically um the school I was um at at the time the university had asked me to perform at their um, orientation, their freshman orientation. And I was like, okay, I got a lot of poems, but like, what do I want to read? And I was like, no, I'm gonna write a poem for this gig. And I was like, what do I want freshmen? Like, what do I wish that I heard as a freshman? And I was like, I wish that someone had told like the little black girl from the hood that like, you're gonna like, you're in for a ride and you have to like protect yourself and protect your culture and protect like just who you are before coming into like an institution like this. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna write that because, you know, I guess like even like the whole culture of like art school sometimes can just be like, you know, like, oh, we're so diverse and accepting and da 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 da, da. And I feel like with like black artists, artists of color, artists of like many intersections, you, it's like, they're like, oh yeah, the art, like, you know, it's like they pick, pick the art up out of like the blood, sweat and tears of, of the experience. And so they're just kind of like, thanks for this. Here's like, you know, a smaller grant than we would have given this other organization or here, thanks for this. You're still, you still have to walk, move through the world as you move, but thanks for this. Where it makes us look very nice, very diverse. So I was like, yeah. And I think also I was like, okay, I want to write a poem where I'm saying Nefs. Like, and Nefs is also like kind of like a, um, so in Pittsburgh, like every neighborhood like has like, you know, like different, different things they say, like, you know, like to like different slang um, to emphasize different things. So like Neff's kind of, it refers to pretty much refers to like the dead homies from the hill, specifically from the hill. So it literally is a very much like ancestral um, veneration um and there's divinity everywhere especially in places that people don't consider divine so yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you ended it there because um one thing that really brought was brought to my mind while reading this book was some years ago there's an area we're we're from florida um and there is an area in the Orlando area called Windermere and it's a very affluent area and every now and then you know having to drive around that area you look and you see like that this place is just full of lush greenery it's just trees everywhere and I remember like writing on my Facebook page telling people like you know rich people got all the all the trees they got all of the trees and uh, a, a, a friend of mine wrote back who lived in that area says, I'm not rich, but I'm like, but you got trees. Yeah, and It really speaks to that area, right? Of like what has been stripped away from the area in which I grew up in and what, you know, they have to call their own. And that being definitely what Jenny and I were talking about earlier, that it, it represents that land and it re represents that wealth. And, you know, especially like re reading this poem while you are speaking it, it really calls to the importance of understanding the wealth in which an area where someone has said there is nothing that a lot of things lack. And I love the imagery that you chose mm -hmm. for both of those two pieces that you that you read for us, but that one in particular, because it just really 
makes me think about the area that I grew up and how people have see, have decided to call it an area that is not that best of a place because now majority of black people live in it where when when I was born my family was the first black family to have moved into that neighborhood and now have seen it change in such a way to now what used to be a nice place is considered a not safe place only because we are there and so what I really love about that particular piece of what you are calling people to understand is like you have to understand your worth because they will take it from you and 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 then tell you that it's not worth anything mm -hmm. and then they'll take it and build upon it. it 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 calls out gentrification it calls out a lot of things in this piece so thank you thank you for that um and your book at the very beginning it is an ode to bitter bitches <laughs> and when I read this, it felt like that was the best way to introduce yourself to the reader. It was sharp mm -hmm. and in your face when creating this book. Did you know that it would begin with this particular piece? Hmm. I'm putting it together. Hmm. I think so. I'm trying to think back to like when I was like initially like putting the poems in order. And I know that like when I decided that it would start out that way, I guess like, cause this book is like definitely like a coming of age piece. And so there's a, I won't say it's like a super linear path, but there's kind of like a swell through those experiences. And it's not even that that poem is like at the beginning of that journey. I guess like in a way, like I'm thinking about like themes with like, you know, like I guess like mysticism and stuff, like thinking about like the maiden, the mother and the crone, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and like this idea of like having lived like a couple of lives. Um, and I guess in that way, like I see like a crone kind of like talking to a maiden like at the beginning of the book, of the book before, like they're kind of like pushed out in a way. So I know that I knew that like, I don't think I knew that this would be the first one, but that's how it like made sense to me that it just had to be like, I guess like kind of like a prologue in a way, like, so yeah. That's so sad. Thank you. So you took us on a journey when reading your piece, uh, Petitioning My Memory, Respecting My Mind. You have formed the work you saying Blackout Poetry. Describe, us, describe to us how that came about and why was it important to interject, you know, those specific pieces throughout the book? Like, I feel like it was very intentional where you put the next pieces for the completion at the end. If you all are wondering what I'm talking about, you got to read it. You got to buy it so you can see it because it was <laughs> Go ahead, Bambis. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So the, um, so the prose piece at the end, um, I think like what I was thinking about when like writing it, because those three poems were like the last three poems um, in the collection. Um, so I knew I wanted like three or more poems in there. And I knew that I just like needed something that I guess like felt like a bit of like a, like a meditation. And so the full version or like the one that's like not blacked out, um, that kind of had this feeling of like, the cup being full. So that's why I like needed that to be toward the end because that is like what I felt like, I guess like the swell of like that journey was. And then the, and then the two that come before it. So even like the way that it's written out on like my little like poetry doc, like I have it, like the notes on it, so for the first one, the one that's on page 11, um, 
that one is like damn like in the parentheses it says like damn they're empty so like that poem is kind of coming from like a place of like I guess really just feeling your own emptiness and feeling like these places um that you want to be filled like coming from like almost like a place of exhaustion and then the second one on page there we go <laughs> on page 21 um that is like a glass half full or glass half empty kind of thing um and then so that's how I knew like at least like what sequence I wanted now the process of creating it um yeah I just knew that because like the last one like was the only like prose poem in the book I guess I was just thinking about like different ways that I could play with it um and I think because each poem in the book kind of goes through like a different kind of form I was like okay like what's something that I haven't tried yet in this book and I was like erasures erasures like let's do it because I love me a collage I love like any piece that's like working with like kind of like I guess flipping transforming mm -hmm. um sampling in a way so I was like all right erasures like let's do it I'm always curious when people do those type of poems when they're when they're blacking out the words what was the original text do you remember what was the original text that you used in order to create those two pieces oh yeah it was the last one so the that's why I was yeah. like this is the amazing Thank you. <laughs> like it just happened like but, but I but I wanted to like go go back to it because I'm like you know when I first read this, I like different pieces spoke to me, right? But when we were drafting this, these questions, like for some reason, I was really drawn to these pieces. And when you talk like this is about like, you know, emptiness and looking for something that's like would fill you. That is how I feel today. <laughs> I am not kidding you. So I was, that's why I'm like, I'm a little shook. Give me a moment. <laughs> But that's that's really yeah. how I feel when I was when we were talking about this, and I knew I have other favorites here. But to me, that's what kind of like drawn me back. I just needed you to know that, and this yeah. this is kind of like an amazing moment. <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna say, oh, listen, I'm a cancer. Don't let me go in here like crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad with your with your book because I'm just like. <laughs> just happened i thought i understood this but i guess there's there's always something that you learn when you talk when you talk to the to the writer to the author mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a little shook <laughs> and she is <laughs> she is too i guess she's just kidding together and i'm sitting here i'm like did she just explain it and i just asked a dumbass question <laughs> to have her repeat it but anywho thank you for you know yes. playing oh. along in this game with us uh, see the power of poetry i, I tell you something else <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> so you know we've established you're a creative soul you could have chosen a different art form to do all of this you know expression of yourself but what what is it about poetry and writing that allowed you to most effectively tell your story um so poetry is always my first love um poetry is lyricism and like all of that like that's just always been the most effective way for things to come out and I think I never like understood it's not that I never understood but I guess I never had like the words like the writer craft words for like the why until I remember I took this course um in undergrad and wow I don't remember the name of the course but it was pretty much like talking about like poetry politics and like um like the relation of poetics um and yeah it pretty much like 
each class we would study like a revolutionary text like and you know revolutionary texts i love leftists i love anarchists i love us for real them texts be thick like they are very dense essays and so um like these dense academic essays or dense academic papers and then we would have a poem to compare it to and you know be like on theme and so I was like oh poetry kind of takes like and I think like this also comes from like you know like training like as a writer like poetry takes like all the things you want to say and it condenses it into a line like it's like time travel in a way and I think like I'm neurodivergent so um definitely diagnosed ADHD um on the spectrum like my brain has just never been linear so like I can do the prose I can do the fiction I could do the essay but it's always going to come out like a poet like it's always going to come out like non-linear um and even so like even like my mom and I were like talking and like last night um just about like coffee like I had a cup of coffee like at like what 6 p.m um like and we do this like we drink coffee like and I and she's like yeah like sometimes coffee actually like helps me go to sleep and I'm like yeah it does I don't think that's like normal but (laughs) um so I just think about like um even now like say like it's like yeah like the vibe of the day like I'm like calm but like brain is still kind of like zoomy but um like I guess like in a way the cup of coffee kind of grounded me um but in that way like poetry grounds me and it's funny that you said like you know like you could have chose like any medium to express this because yeah I hope to um not a hope I will I'm in the process of like turning these poems and the music so just like gathering like the resources for that um I've turned like a couple of these poems like into like acoustic songs it's just you know the resources to like record and stuff like that that's like kind of the next way I see like this project um like evolving in a way um but yeah it's always been lyricism. It's always been poetry. It's always been like that verse. That's what's up. I'm very interested in in hearing right. the music that comes out of it. I was telling Denny earlier, it's like, you know, it's one thing to read a, a poem yourself that, that you are reading of someone else's work, but it's another when they are actually sharing it and really you know can actually read well because there are a lot of poets out there when you hear them read their stuff and it's just like so boring but when we watched your conversation with Disha uh, on on I guess it was yesterday or the day before yesterday time is a construct I don't know what (laughs) um when we listened to your conversation and I heard you read your poetry I'm like oh because this it branched out in a way where I was like, this brings a whole brand new meaning on the way that you speak and you pause and you take your time. And, you know, it's like, this is, this is totally different. What was your introduction into poetry? Like, how did you find it? How did it become a thing that you said, okay, this is what I want to do? Hmm. Yeah. Cause the, how did you find it? And this is what I want to do. Those are definitely like, I guess, like, two different like points of my life um the scope or the spectrum the timeline was like yeah being like you know being like a baby like being a kid like always was in the library reading um my mom like my parents fed that um like the reading and the writing and even um when I was like deciding like hey I want to audition to go to like the local like art school um like before transition in middle school um that was when you know I had initially wanted to go for like theater or singing and my dad was like you're gonna do writing and I was like 
okay. And so I like ended up doing writing and that's how I ended up um, in the writing program from grade six to 12. And then after graduating, I went for undergrad. Now, the point where I decided that I wanted, I think like I got into slam poetry, hmm. Was I like 13? Uh, it was when I was like, you know, I was watching like uh, PYPM, um, which is like the Philly Youth Poetry Movement. And I was like watching Kai Davis. Again, I was not out to myself at this time, but I was just like, wow, this person with like the locks and the glasses and the and the words and the microphone, <laughs> like, wow, wow, just love to see it. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, that like took me down the rabbit hole of slam and kind of like, having that be a way of expressing myself because I was like oh okay I could do like the poetry thing and also be on a stage um and then I was like managing a lot in high school I was a busybody I was like writer slash youth community organizer slash like trying to work in the nonprofit world slash like theater like slash actress, um, it was just a lot going on. And I think it was like my junior year of high school. Um, and it's funny cause that was like a crossroads of type cause that's where you're like always like applying for like colleges and stuff like that. And deciding like, oh, what do I want to major in? And I was like, do I want to go for a theater undergrad program or do I want to go for writing or do I want to see something else? And I was in the school musical and I remember like one day I came home um, and the school musical, like it like kind of takes you, takes a lot of your time. Um, and because I already had very limited time, like it was literally taking time away from my writing. And I remember one night, like I came home and like, it was like just one of those really frustrating days. And I remember like, my mom looked at me and she was just like, how was your day? And that was just when I like did the big like, ah, 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 like, I was just like, ah. And it was like, you know, like some other like high school drama going on as well. But I was just like, I am so upset. And like, she, um, she was like, well, you haven't been writing. You like, you've been wrapped up in this. And I was like, oh yeah, that might be why. I am so upset um, or have to do with it. Um, so that was when I was like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to do theater because I feel like if it's like something that you love, you would be willing to, you would be willing to weather um, like a lot of the bullshit and you would be willing to weather like and even if you're not like after managing like how you feel about the bullshit, you would still be willing to return to it. But that experience of like, just like my time kind of being eaten up and like that toxic environment, this is like the school musical, um, but to like clarify, but that toxic environment, like it just had me like, yeah. I'm a writer because <laughs> even because even though like you know every every community can be toxic but I just knew I wasn't trying to put up with theater toxic for like the rest of my life so I was like yeah it's writing for me so that was when I decided like at 16. Mm. Um, your uh, poetry debut was guided by the hands of some of Pittsburgh's shining stars in the mm -hmm. art and literary world. Uh, mm -hmm. You had the help of Disha Filia, who we talked mm -hmm. about at the, at the top of the hour, and Vanessa German. In this project, uh, will you talk to us about your relationship with these two women in particular, how this union came about, and how did it shape the making of your book? Yes, so um, Deisha and Vanessa had like, we had both kind of crossed paths when I was in high school. 
um, coming up. So I was like 14 or 15. And um, with Vanessa, we had crossed paths when um, ACC Alumni Theater Company was holding a showcase and we'll bring in guest artists to teach like different workshops um, throughout the project so that when we had the showcase, like that was like the work we did. And Vanessa had led the spoken word workshop. And so that was like my first experience, like it wasn't my first experience doing spoken word, but doing spoken word as like a group and also doing spoken word as taught by Vanessa German. And so um, we would rehearse like at ATC, we would rehearse at like Art House and um, in Homewood and just kind of like run through these poems. And it was a very, it was a very structured experience. And it was an experience where like, I think like something that Vanessa is really big on is like honoring your work and honoring your work with your own um, discipline and things like that. Um, so that was where Vanessa and I had crossed paths and like kind of like always kept up with each other. Um, she was always like doing things in the community, like always like holding like galleries um, when she did her series with the Blacks, the photo shoot and stuff like that. Um, the workshop, the Tuesday monologue project at Art House where she would bring in different like women writers to lead. Um, I had taught like two of those workshops, um, I think one in 2017 and one in 2018. And so, and then after that, um, I was an artist in residence um, at Art House in 2020, 2021. Um, with Mastisha, Mastisha and I crossed paths. I was in high school. Um, and it was the WQED, like it was leading like an August Wilson inspired workshop series. And so um, it was me and AK Payne and Alana Williams. And we were like um, some of the folks who were there. And so we had all connected with Mastisha there. And again, had always kept like kept in contact, always kept in touch. And so just like that essence of like, we are black women writers. You are black girl writers like in this community, we are gonna take care of you. We're gonna make sure that you're good. We're gonna make sure that you're growing. Like we see something in you. And that's just kind of like always how it went. Like um, the more that this network kind of grew and grew more interconnected, like those happenings just kept happening. Um, in terms of like how they came together they came together in terms of like co-publishing. So they published the Tender Collection, um, which had like, you know, a lot of black women and black femme writers in the area. And my work was one of the pieces featured as well. And that had, the Tender Collection had like called for submissions, I think like 2016. And then it came out like 20, 2019 was it? I believe 2019, February 2019. So, or maybe that was 2020. Time. Um, <laughs> but all of the all of that being said, um, so I was an artist in residence at the time, and I knew that I was working like at Art House, like under like supported by Vanessa German, and I knew that I wanted. A book like I knew that I wanted to put that together and work on like putting it together and submitting it submitting the manuscript places and um at that time this was like January 2021 um so probably about a year ago I think because I wasn't getting much feedback from like places that I was submitting I was like okay I feel pretty solid about this maybe I'm just meant to like go about it my my own way um like maybe I meant to self-publish it and so I like just did this thing where I like wrote out like down like month by month like all right how much money is this gonna cost like how's it gonna go and I was just very inspired by like other writers in my peer group um Keisha Hollins she like in her writing name is Kay Holly she had self-published and um 
Hazel Laura had gone through like a joint like publishing, indie publishing process. And then Gloria Spiner had self-published a collection as well. And these were all folks I got to know in college. I was like, oh, like, you know, why can't I do it? Like, why do I have to like go a traditional route? So when I was um, in like one of the times that we were checking in and I was talking to Vanessa, she was like, well, and I like, and I said like, yeah, I think I want to like go ahead and like self-publish it. Like that's like what I've been like working on and meditating on. And she's like, okay, send the manuscript to me and Disha and see, we'll see if we want to publish it. Um, you know, we've been wanting to publish another project. So let's see about it. And so I sent it over and yeah, they picked it up and had, um, had reached out to Yona Harvey um, for like an editor and yeah. And then that's how Gabby ended up being like the editor that I worked with throughout this collection. So yeah, that was like a very full history. <laughs> no, like it's, it's very interesting to, to see like somebody as young as, you know, as young, as young as you, but then you have all this like rich experiences that, that you have to put it in a book, like for real, like I think you and um, Danielle Moniz, she's also very young. Mm. Like I am hopeful of like the future because we have people like you that can, can like express themselves well, know, know their self well, and and it's like determined for like people to know what it is that you wanted to say and mm-hmm. it's like you know kids go through middle elementary school middle school high school not knowing what they want to do and for you to recognize that moment of like oh I want to be a writer and then there's just the universe helping you out in that direction of like here's Vanessa German here's Disha feel y'all and you be put in that situation and knowing exactly what to do with it is kind of like literally like amazing Mm -hmm. and not everybody is given an opportunity and maybe sometimes people are given opportunities but they don't know what to do with it or they don't know how to handle all of it right so you know it is it is something to see someone like you who are able to make use of her own self but also is able to have all these resources, you know, tapped into. So I know it was full, but it was important for like, you know, maybe somebody that as young as you might be hearing this and be like, oh, so Mantis did it. I think I can do it too, you know? And I think that is very important for like people of color, especially, you know, female femme, female of color to hear. Because we we are the we are always in the la- like bottom of the totem pole all the time so you know if if we can if we can like inspire empower or like give clarity to anybody that's listening to you i think we we've, we've done our part mm-hmm. and you're just starting here you know that right <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah i think um because i've been in writing for a while And I think also just being like, kind of like constantly like around, like just around like, kind of like other like, other folks like, like my peers were folks who kind of like always knew what they wanted to do and stuff like that and were super driven. So I think in a lot of ways, like there was kind of like a pressure um to keep up and I guess like that sense of like imposter syndrome too so like seriously like one thank you for that because I think imposter syndrome really does like kind of like get in my head of like okay like what is like the next thing um and I think even like being around like family um or like not like being around like, like, you know, like folks that aren't in the creative 
industry like kind of going like all right well you dropped the book so what's next and it's like well now I gotta like put it out like now I gotta like keep up with it and now I gotta like build on that um and I think even just like in general like living in a culture where it's always like asking like what's next like what like pressing you to like keep working keep working so yeah thank you for that because it really is a blessing and I think like the way that Disha and Vanessa have nurtured this community, like this creative community of like black women and black femmes, especially in Pittsburgh, cause Pittsburgh is just not a city that's like friendly to us. Um, like it's very important work and it's very important, like just for that work to like happen and continue happening, so. Definitely very grateful. All right, so we're coming to the end where we there is a question that we ask everybody on this show. And um, and then we would like for you to read one last piece if, if you don't mind. But the question that we ask everybody is we wanna know your top five books. These could be your top five favorite of all time. These could be books that you know are getting ready to come out and you want people to know about it. It could be albums, your favorite albums, whatever you consider to be a book, we wanna know what your top five are. Hmm. All right, top five books. Um, they're not in any particular order, but just like something that like books that like kind of come to mind with that question and I guess like kind of like work that I think everybody should read or listen to um all about love by bell hooks because mm. mm, mm, mm. that's like that's my bible in a way um and I'm always coming back to it um, for Colored Girls by Ntozaki Shange. Hmm. Albums. Albums, albums, albums. I'm gonna say it, Lemonade. Like, mm. Lemonade by Beyonce. Like, whether you're going the film or the album, like, that's, like, a piece that has, like, so much like it's literary in nature. Um, and I'm thinking about books that are coming out. Next Hood Over by Hazel Aura, And This Is How I Speak to You um, by Kate Hollins. Those are my top five books. All right, there you go, ladies and gents. She gave us her top five without <laughs> any hesitation. A lot of people get on here and they're like, mm -hmm, oh, normally, but you did yeah. good. You did good. Thank you. Normally, I do. I'm just like learning how to like, I guess like, like be like just be more there, like and not like overthink because. I'm an overthinker. <laughs> I'm a Virgo moon, which means I'm an overthinker. It's okay to be an overthinker. <laughs> um, this, this is why, this is why we are here, because we overthink. You know, mm -hmm. and it's okay. It's it's part of it's in, and I think it 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 can be a curse, but I think when used wisely, and I think you have, it is definitely a gift. So I, I would love to hear you think, because I think it's very special and we saw it in your chat book. So um, we truly wish you all the best. And I hope your, you know, your future endeavors and all your aspirations would come to life. You'd be prosperous and, you know, may our, your ambitions be fruitful up until you reach you reach what you wanted to reach because I think there's a very very bright future for Mantis thank you and uh just take us away with what whichever piece you feel like you you want everyone to hear 
today? I'm going to do petition in my memory, respect in my mind, the second version on page 21. Um, and something that like I will say in every interview. Um, so the phrase respect in my mind, um, my wife Kathleen, my dad's sister, like she's like, she's like the person like in my lineage, like who that who that phrase comes from and you know she's still out here on the hill saying it like saying like you know like you better respect my mind um and so I think about it as like kind of like that lineage of language like that's passed down like through our families passed down through like our like our mothers and stuff like that so yeah shout out to Aunt Kathleen I love you <laughs> hey Aunt Kathleen so, hey <laughs> in my memory respecting my mind I have enough roses, beloved. Your fast pace shows me how to breathe rhythms of rain into myself. There's more of me than the container. I create love whole, more than what anyone meant to show me. I live how the mess of love shows me. I gotta fill me up, trust, try, know. I'm always worthy of all of me. That all roads lead to an ocean, expansive, endless rippling love. Love like the body calls rest. Migrate to dopamine, listen for timing, talk to me love. Protect all the love conjuring the mountain open. Stay ready to offer what runs over this tide to each hope burning through the pain. Deliver the ocean, chase the moon. Thank y'all. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Mantis. Thank you so much. Ditto to everything that Denny said earlier. Um, we loved having you on our show with us today. And we can't wait for everyone to go and buy their copy of The Root Work Stretch by Mantis. Uh, can you please tell everybody how they can reach you? Um, yes. So on social media, on Twitter, I'm at Mantis Wins. Um, the Root Work Stretch, those platforms on Instagram and Facebook, even though I just post on the Facebook, I have given up on, I haven't given up on Facebook, but I just like haven't. I'm more of like an Instagram, Twitter and TikTok kind of kind of fella so um the root work stretched at the root work stretched on ig um at mantis writes on ig which is like i guess like my personal one or will be like a if that platform is changing over um now that i have like somewhere specifically for the book and then um yeah i guess if if y'all want to see me on the tiktok then at tora t-o-o-r-a underscore j um on tiktok but yeah and then also my website www.mantiswrites.com thank you go buy her book and um just again we we can't believe that you will honor us with these these lovely words we greatly appreciate it and we hope that you have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank y'all. And I hope y'all have a great night. And thank y'all for loving art. Thank y'all for loving art out loud. And thank y'all for being. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let us explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast and listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Are you currently looking for a bookstore that has a great selection of books? Well, Kizzy's Books and More is that bookstore. 
Visit www.kizziesbooksandmore.com to purchase your next book for our book club. Use coupon code VULGARGENIUS to receive 10% off the subtotal of your first order.